This is the Truth Network. Bible Wonders of Habakkuk. Very fun. Today we get to start off with a joke. <laughs> and those people know me well know I... Thursday's kind of my joke day anyway, because for years and years and years, I've done a devotion at Somerset Nursing Home, where I'm known as the man with the papers, because I always tell all my jokes. But I thought this joke today, it fits so well with what we're going to learn in Habakkuk, which has everything to do with um, Holy Week. It's, it was, the joke kind of illustrates the point that God was making to me over the last few days as I was trying to put together where he was taking me. And what a joy it always is when I see <laughs> what he had in mind. That's how Holy Week fit into Habakkuk chapter 3. So it kind of comes together today, and as, as this will be my last podcast before Easter, um, well, actually, Saturday they'll put out my an episode, but I'm going to the beach with my wife for a sunrise services at Fort Caswell this Easter, so I'm excited about that. But this joke, okay? So my favorite joke in all the world, I will tell you, is this joke. And the story goes that Jesus, the Father, and Moses were all playing golf. And so, you know, of course, Moses steps up to shoot, and he swings, and, you know, he kind of slices it, and next thing you know, boom, right in the water, right? And, of course, Moses, being Moses, walks up to the water, parts the, you know, sea, so to speak, and stands up there, hits the ball, boom, plop, right onto the green. Beautiful. Well, of course, this was Jesus's you know, shot. So he got up, same thing, goes to the tee and plop right in the water. But Jesus being Jesus, of course, he didn't need to part the sea. He just walked right up, you know, hit the ball and up, you know, plop onto the green. It went, but then the father himself got up to shoot. And what a wonderful thing that always is. And so as he, you know, swings and up surprisingly plop, it's headed for the water. But before it hits the water, a fish jumps out of the water, grabs the ball. And as the fish goes to land back in the water, an eagle swoops down. The eagle catches the fish in his talons. And then, swoopy, swives you know, over to the um, green and drops the fish. When the fish hits the green, the ball comes out of its mouth and plunk, it goes right down into the hole. At what point in time, Jesus turns to his father and says, see, this is why I never play golf with you. <laughs> The reason why I tell that joke, and I had a very good reason for it, is because if those of us who hang out with God and know his sense of humor, is that's how he does things. He, he doesn't just shoot the ball in the hole, even though that would be easy enough to do. You know, he likes to do things in great detail with all sorts of different angles and stuff so you can just marvel and go, okay, that was clearly God's shot. I mean, clearly that's the way he does things. And so that was how he did this for me as as I was, you know, asking every day, where are we going or where are we going? And yesterday I got stuck and I wanted to do a podcast and I studied this and I studied that, but I could tell I could never get on track. And, and, and so I just didn't release one because I didn't really have anything that I thought was worth, you know, delivering. And so <laughs> this morning, right. Interestingly, um, I, I've got my devotions and all this stuff that I was doing. And so I just was like, God, you know, just take me where you want me to go today. Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? And he sent me back to Habakkuk chapter three, which surprised me because I thought we were still doing Holy Week. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, and so he says, no, go back to Habakkuk chapter three. And so if we go back to that, that would be verse 11 is the verse that we left off on, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were doing Habakkuk before the boot camp. 
And so that would be the Kuf verse. And the way the Kuf verse reads is the sun and the moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering spear, right? And so, (laughs) as you might imagine, you know, I immediately went to Rashi. And when I read Rashi on this, my mind got just totally blown, and I, I am still, my, I'm still blown away at by what all the um, ramifications of what this verse is and what this verse tells us, not only of what God has done, but God, what will God do, and how much Habakkuk actually knew, obviously, as he wrote this, because, you know, it's, it's everything to do, actually, with sonship. What we talked about last episode of, you know, Holy Week was we were talking about how tying our sonship to the vine. Well, this verse has got everything to do with probably one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible, is as I think about it, because if you look in Genesis 48, now we talked about Genesis 49 um, last episode. So in Genesis 48, you have this, what I would consider to be a fairly strange story of Jacob is now going to, you know, in 49, he was blessing all his sons, but in 48, he is blessing the two sons of um, Joseph, right? Ephraim and Manasseh. <laughs> and so, you know, the whole idea of he's putting his hand on the wrong head and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm, if you're like me, haven't you always wondered, how is it that Ephraim was really greater than Manasseh? How is it that he was so great? I, I, I never really got the picture of that in the scripture, but I certainly got it this morning <laughs> as, a, as Rashi went right back to this story to say that this, this was what happened in Joshua chapter 10 has everything to do with the sun and the earth moon, sun is standing still, which we're going to get to that in a minute. But what was happening here is like God was prophesying about that clear back here in Genesis 48. So in Genesis 48, when he is blessing these two sons, he says, and God make thee like Ephraim and Nassus, right? And he said, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed, right, and he's talking about Ephraim, his seed shall become a filling of the nations. Now, it says a multitude of the nations as far as the King James Version, but the Jewish way that's translated is a filling of the nations. And what Habakkuk knew and what clearly Rashi knew as well, because they have been writing on this for, for centuries, is that jo- um, Joshua, son of Nun, which is fascinating when you put all this together, Joshua is a son of Nun who was a son of, guess what, Ephraim, right? And so here it is, this prophecy is going to come true right here, and he is going to fill the nations. And what's he going to fill with them? Well, he, if you go back and look at at Joshua chapter 10, which we're going to do right now, because again, we're on another feast here that we are enjoying this morning, that, um, you know, God has given us all these different verses to ponder. So in Joshua 10, it says here that the all these kings are, are going to attack at Gibeon, right? And, and then you might recall that, uh, that Joshua had, you know, made friends with uh, Gibeon, and now the, all the kings of Jerusalem, et cetera, et cetera, all these, I think there were seven or eight kings that all came after Joshua, as the case may be. Oh, there were five kings. Of the Amorites, by the way, and we're going to go back to the, the big deal that, that, that they were Amorites, okay, because this was clearly prophesied, too, in Genesis 48. And it says, of course, that, that Joshua went to God and inquired, you know, should we go up against him? And, and he told him, of course. And then 
here comes the really amazing thing that happened. And probably, you know, as the more I've thought about this since I've read this, the more I've thought, man, this is unbelievable. That in verse 12 of, of Joshua 10, then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said, in the sight of Israel, right? And all in front of everybody, he said, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajon. Now what? And I, I mean, we've all heard about the day that the sun stood still, but I don't know if you've ever thought about the fact that, that, that Joshua here has tied his sonship. In other words, because he is the son of Nun, who is the son of Ephraim, and it says that he's going to be filling the whole nations with the greatness of God is what he's going to do. And so all the world, because everybody on the entire planet knows that the sun stood still. In fact, there are legends from one side of the world to the other of the day of the longest day. And on the other side, there's legends of the longest night, which again, the whole world knew what in the heck is going on here, man, this is big. And it was that Joshua, son of Nun, son of Ephraim, was going to stop the sun. And how could he do that? Because his colt had been tied, his sonship had been tied to the choicest vine, right? That he realized as his son, he had the right to ask for this. And, and, and that the Lord had need of it, that the sun would stand still and the moon not give its light. Now, of course, God was painting a picture, a great picture of what's going to happen in Revelation again as we, as we talk about this. But just go back for a minute and marvel with me at Genesis 48 and look at the last verse in Genesis 48. It is spectacular when you see this, especially when you know Habakkuk. Because Habakkuk, two verses prior, it talked about his bow. Well, here it says, Moreover, I have given thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Right? In other words, here, Jacob is telling Ephraim that obviously his sons would be like the sword and the bow that would take this land from the Amorites, right? The five kings. And here it is right here. Moreover, it's verse 22 of Genesis 48 that would happen long before Joshua. It says, moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. Isn't that cool that, that Jacob knew what was going to happen that would be prophesied like that and that Habakkuk understood all that when he talked about these, these verses that we're going to talk about? And then, you know, just as a general, you know, wow factor for me, this is the hoof verse, right? This is the idea of the crown. Well, what a crown um, all of, you know, the tribe of Ephraim got as they were the ones that made the sun stand still, right? And, and, and it was God's glory that they were reflecting. There's no doubt about that because a nun is a reflection, like the moon is a reflection of the sun. Well, the son of noon, is, he's a reflection of what God could do because he had the authority and he had the sonship to ask God to do what's unthinkable. I mean, when you think about it, it's huge that, that Moses part of the Red Sea. It's huge all the plagues that came but I got to say that stopping the sun and the moon, I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's like, whoa, like that's, that's, that's like amazing, more than amazing. And, and so as you think about that and ponder it this Easter, that there was a picture that God was painting of sonship that was way bigger because Jesus, right, was painting a picture that he would conquer something bigger than the sun and the moon. He would conquer death, right? 
that we would live eternally and all have a chance at this sonship where we could tie our colt to the our we could tie our donkey to the vine and our choices colt our our our, our sonship to the choices vine now that we have have come in here with the son of the king and we wear the crown that desire of the letter hoof and again re, you know you might review the letters i mean the verses in the hoof verses ver, version of the um um, verses of the 119th Psalm. Like there's such a smorgasbord here. And I hope this Easter that, that we all will tie our burdens, right, to the vine and, 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 and allow God to save us. That's, that's most important. But obviously then we need to tie our sonship, our sonship to the choicest vine and realize the amazing authority, the amazing stuff that we can do as a result of this inheritance of being sons of the king. Do you see how God put that all together for me? <laughs> the eagle grabbed the fish, the ball came out of its mouth, and you hear it fall into the cup. Thanks for listening.